Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Tanya Heller. Thank you for tuning in to Med Career Matters. We have the privilege of interviewing physicians in a variety of medical fields. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with anesthesiologist Dr. Michael Jack. Dr. Jack was born in Cape Town, South Africa, and attended medical school at the University of Cape Town. After graduating, he pursued his residency and fellowship in anesthesia and cardiac anesthesia at the George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Since 1998, Dr. Jack has been practicing anesthesiology in private practice in Maryland. He's been practicing at Suburban Hospital, which is part of Johns Hopkins Medicine. He's board certified in anesthesia, pain management, and transesophageal echocardiography. He currently spends 50% of his time doing cardiac anesthesia and the other 50% of his time in general anesthesia at a tertiary care hospital and ambulatory surgery center. In addition, Dr. Jack invented an airway device for capnography, and I'll ask him more about this later. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Jack. What Thank motivated you. you to pursue a career in medicine? Was there a specific experience or someone who inspired you? Well, I was one of those few people who knew from a very early age that I wanted to become a physician, probably from, you know, maybe the age of 12, 13. My father was a general practitioner in Cape Town, South Africa, and I knew that's all I ever really wanted to be. The problem was I wasn't sure what kind of physician, but I, I knew that I always wanted to be a doctor. And then what drew you to the field of anesthesiology? Did you enjoy the anesthesiology rotations? So actually, I did not enjoy the anesthesia rotation as a medical student. In fact, was, I found it kind of you know, quite boring at that stage of my career. But when I came to the States, uh, I'd already finished uh, one year of internship. And uh, the sort of problem facing me was what specialty to go into. Anesthesia was not something I really knew that much about. You know, we did one week at med school, and that was really my only exposure, and not really something that particularly, you know, caught my fancy at that time. But I had several friends who were going into that field, and uh, the more I sort of looked into it, the more appealing it became. That's one of the um, reasons I want to do this as well, for those pre-med students and others who may want to learn a little bit more about the field before they consider this path. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. What was it that you learned about as you discovered more from colleagues or friends in the field that interested you especially? Yes, yeah, so I always had an interest in the basic science side of uh, medicine, like you know, physiology and pharmacology. Those were always big interests of mine. I also enjoyed, um, I like the idea of doing like procedures, not doing surgery, but still a specialty where there was a lot of procedures involved. And anesthesia seemed to have those components. They also, I was told at the time, which didn't you know, necessarily you know, turn out to be true, but uh, that the lifestyle was good, the hours were good, things like that. And at this point, I was in my early 20s. You don't really know really what to expect. Um, I didn't really have anyone, you know, to speak to. Well, um, I had two friends who had actually gone through similar kind of quandaries to me in terms of whether they should stay like in primary care versus anesthesia. They both went into the field of anesthesia and were both very happy. So that kind of swung my decision. I always thought that as a very you know, young physician, I would actually stand, you know, stay in the primary care side of things, either going to internal medicine or pediatrics or something along those lines 
uh, and anesthesia really wasn't on my radar until fairly late. For those who may not know, of course, there are many different pathways to medicine, but how does one become an anesthesiologist? So you finish your undergraduate training, you complete medical school, and then right. talk to us about the residency. Okay, so so the residency, um, most anesthesia residency programs today are four-year programs. Uh, some have the option of doing an additional year of like fellowship. So you go through med school and you know, most of the time you'll get onto like a matching program where you match to a particular, you know, sort of, you know, like a residency program. I was a bit, you know, different. Um, they do reserve some spots outside of the match and coming from a foreign country and, you know, starting in January versus July, I did secure a position outside of the match. But I think for the most part, you will go through the sort of residency matching program. Right. And then people can choose to do, as you said, a fellowship in various areas. Would that include things like pain management? Yeah. So it's a very broad specialty right now. And your choices include things like pain management, cardiac anesthesia, neurosurgical anesthesia, OB anesthesia. It's usually something there for like everyone, you know, for many different personalities, you know, and choices. It's a very, very broad field. So usually there's something within that broad field that someone will find particularly you know, like interesting. I like cardiac anesthesia. So I did a fellowship in cardiac anesthesia. And I also liked the idea of retaining a lot of patient contact as well. So I also did pain medicine as well. Uh, and I got bored in both pain and in uh, cardiac anesthesia as well. So I had a kind of unusual mixture so I would not necessarily you know, recommend because it's very difficult to do uh, in a typical private practice sort of setup. But um, I miss the patient contact which you get from a primary care specialty, you know, which is why I did the pain medicine side of, you know, of things as well. And you so mentioned difficult in a private practice kind of setup. Are you mostly hospital-based? Yes. Pain it's medicine, not- for the most part, is an office-based specialty as opposed to, you know, working in the operating room, which is, which is usually like in a hospital or in a outpatient surgery center. Uh, and it's very difficult to reconcile those two because you need, you know, time off from the operating room to see patients in a, in a sort of, you know, like a, uh, in like an office practice. And you may have emergencies at a hospital. So it's very difficult to put that into one schedule. You do both, and, correct? Yeah, to do both. Uh, and it's very rare that I meet someone who can actually do both these days. So my advice would be to choose one field that particularly, you know, like interests you and to stay in that field. But I was, I was kind of conflicted as to exactly what part of anesthesia I liked the most. So I did a fairly broad, um, you know, choice in terms of my career. And for our listeners who may not be as familiar with the role of an anesthesiologist, will you talk a little bit about the responsibilities, especially pre-surgery, during surgery, and after surgery? Absolutely. So for most anesthesiologists, uh, your role is basically providing anesthesia in the operating room. So typically these days, we only get to see the patients just before they come for surgery, usually the same morning of surgery. You take them back to the operating room and you're responsible for either putting them to sleep or providing some kind of regional anesthesia, like spinal anesthesia, for example. And then your responsibility will typically end once you leave the recovery room. So it's a fairly brief contact. Uh, There's not much patient follow-up after that. 
Sometimes you may see them the day or two after surgery if they're, you know, if they're in patients. But usually these days, most patients actually go home the same day of surgery. So your one's typical responsibility ends at the time you leave them in the recovery room. It just feels like that would really lend itself to a special personality who yeah, can let go in that way. Absolutely. If you're the kind of physician or you know person who wants to have like ongoing care with the patient, then anesthesia is definitely not you know for you. Uh, one's encounter is typically very brief, and it ends when you say goodbye to the patient in the recovery room. So yeah, you need a certain kind of personality for that. I believe that the ability to be calm under pressure, you know, is vital for doctors in any specialty. But can you speak yes. to the significance of that in the field of anesthesiology? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, for the most part, things go very smoothly. Uh, uh, but there is probably 5% of the time you're going to have quite a bit of drama and you have to be able to be calm under pressure. Airway emergencies are fairly common. You know, they they compare anesthesia, you know, to a pilot flying a plane. And I think it's quite a good analogy. Is that for the most part, things go very smoothly, but you really have to know how to react when things don't go smoothly and, you know, not to panic and you know, deal with things as they come. Uh, so if you have the kind of personality where you tend to get anxious or panic easily, it's not the right choice for you, uh, you know, for the most part. Does it also depend tremendously on your colleagues and the team with whom you're working at the time? Do you find there's a team that you may feel more comfortable with? Yeah, well, once you get used to your surgical colleagues and the nurses in the operating room, yes, one does become a team. But very often you're moving from hospital to hospital. You may not necessarily you know, be familiar with their setup. So you really may be flying solo very often as well. So you have to take that into account. Everyone's practice is different. Some people work in like a tertiary care center where you have the same teams all the time. Some in a more like an outpatient setting where you fluctuate a lot. But you have to be you know, comfortable in both a team care kind of environment as well as you know, going solo. And sometimes you can be stuck at three in the morning with a new surgeon, new equipment. You have to be able to deal with things as they arise. So you know, once again, just to be calm and methodical, and uh, you know, be you know, be comfortable with all the procedures that go along with with your profession. Working with the surgeon who's leading that surgery and the anesthesiologist who plays such an important role. Do you think right. over the years it's become more collaborative? It's always been like that, but now today probably even more so because we work with a lot of uh, besides physicians, we also work with a lot of CRNAs who are uh, nurse anesthetists and anesthesia assistants, PAs other sort of, you know, paramedical type um, people. And, you know, we all work together as a team and you have to be able to do that. You're not uh, really like individual anymore. You really are part of a team, very much so. More so than most specialties, I would say. More so than most, yeah, because I see in the hospital sometimes a nurse anesthetist will yes. take on that role. Are they supervised by physician anesthesiologists? For the most part, they can be either supervised, they can be under medical supervision or medical direction. Each one gives them a certain different amount of responsibilities. And there are actually some states where they can perform completely without supervision. So it depends largely where you are in the US. And some like to be under supervision, some prefer to do things more solo, but certainly they're a very integral part of the anesthesia care team. 
what are the aspects of the field that you enjoy most? I always love doing procedures and you know, anesthesia is full of procedures. These procedures can be, for example, in terms of airway management, uh, things like intubating patients, uh, placing advanced airways. Procedures can involve regional anesthesia, where you're doing things like spinal anesthesia, you're doing nerve blocks, you're doing things like epidural anesthesia for OB. Uh, there's a lot of you know procedures involved, so you really have to be comfortable doing fairly sophisticated you know type procedures. Not surgery, but definite fairly complex procedures. You know sometimes. What kind of a kid were you? Were you someone who loved doing things with their hands, and did you like building things? I was very much you know uh, like hands-on building things, but also liked reading and also liked uh, just all the sort of like cognitive side of things as well. Always like the you know like studying medicine and all the theory and stuff that goes behind it but yeah I like doing things chores and uh, but I wasn't necessarily that um, you know from a technical standpoint I didn't think I'd be doing procedures but you know once I got exposed to the field I did really enjoy doing the procedures to be quite yeah, that nice and balance yeah and what's new. the most challenging part from your perspective so the most challenging part, so I do, I would say about 50% of my practice is cardiac anesthesia. We do probably the more, you know, these the sort of sickest of the sick patients. Uh, so there's, I enjoy the more complex cases. Uh, they also require more kinds of interventions. That has a lot of like procedures involved. It has a lot of technical aspects involved, uh, um, like pharmacology, drug management, uh, things like that. So I enjoy doing, you know, the bigger procedures. And if you enjoy that side of anesthesia, that's a very nice field. That's a very rapidly expanding field. And um, the advances have been quite, you know, like tremendous over the last decade or so. So that's a very exciting subspecialty of anesthesia right now. And I imagine um, when you talk about dealing with the more complex cases, that could also lead to some of the more challenging aspects. Absolutely, yeah. And you have to be prepared to face negative outcomes as well. We, you know, we deal with very you know sick patients. I also work at a hospital that does a fair amount of trauma. You're going to see a fair amount of deaths. Uh, and that's something which one has to be prepared for as well was never quite prepared for that, but that does go with the territory, especially if you're doing complex tertiary care type anesthesia. If that's I, not something you feel comfortable with, then there's always, you know, the outpatient type setting where, you know, you deal with healthier patients um, and you know, much more kind of like routine type uh, uh, sort of practice. You mentioned advances in the field. In an earlier podcast, I spoke to an interventional cardiologist about some of the big advances in the field of cardiology. What are some of the recent advances that have really stood out to you in the field of anesthesiology? So in my particular line, uh, so I do mostly cardiac, the advent of transesophageal echo, for example. So that is the technique where you put a ultrasound probe through a patient's esophagus and you look at the heart. So here you have a real-time monitoring of a patient's heart where you can look at both the structure and the function of the heart during like an open heart case, that has become a whole field by itself. So that's one huge advance that's been out for about the last, like I'd say about 20 years, but now is a very kind of integral part is, of cardiac anesthesia. That's done non-invasively? Uh, that is, that is yeah, regarded as non-invasive, yes. 
and um, also things like doing ultrasound guided nerve blocks and interventions that's become a very very big part of anesthesia uh, doing things like pain blocks for patients providing acute post-operative pain management you know using ultrasound guided techniques it's become a very technical you know base specialty as well so that's something which one has to be comfortable with you're not just putting an airway in a patient or giving them a drug and putting them to sleep there are many other aspects attached to anesthesia these days which have made it both exciting and and challenging at the same time and we can't not mention the word ai because it's on the news all the time and right. you know obviously we've been using ai in medicine for a long time to some extent right. but it's at a whole new level now and to what extent are you utilizing artificial intelligence in your so field? So on a day-to-day practice, everybody's speaking about it. But to be honest, it's not. it hasn't really permeated clinical practice at this point. But there's a lot of research, and I'm sure that it's really just around the corner in terms of clinical actual like applications. But certainly that's something that will be applied. The field of anesthesia is very conducive to AI. And I'm sure that once it passes the sort of research phase, there'll there'll be many clinical applications for AI. Now, you recently developed a new device called CargoTrack. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so being an inventor was nothing I ever even, you know, sort of dreamed of as part of my career. And this is something which I think, you know, once you're involved in a particular kind of career, uh, you may you know, come to realize that there are certain like deficiencies. Uh, where, and basically why I found that in one of the monitoring you know, areas of my profession, uh, which is the field of capnography, uh, there was a big deficiency in the airway equipment. So for those who, of you who are not familiar with capnography, it's the process whereby you capture carbon dioxide from a patient's breath and you can display it on a monitor just like you can display you know, a patient's heartbeat on the EKG, you can display every breath of a patient on a similar type you know, display. Uh, and you know, for the professional of anesthesia, that's obviously quite invaluable. So this device basically enabled clinicians to capture carbon dioxide from a patient's breath and display it from various airway products on a display. And it's a very... It's a vitally important monitor. It's probably one of the most important monitors that we use. And that this helped fill that gap of the deficiency of airway equipment. So it's something which we use quite commonly these days in many hospitals. Like I say, it's, it's not something I ever dreamed I would get involved with. But every now and then, you know, something kind of like drops in your lap. And uh, I knew someone in the biomedical device industry. I gave them the idea and they developed a very successful product. That is so exciting. Uh, is this something that you utilize? I utilize it very on a day-to-day basis. It's used at many facilities, you know, nationwide and overseas. But like I said, this is not something I chose the specialty thinking I'd you know, go into some kind of invention. It, you know, it just kind of fell in my lap and you know, nothing that I ever dreamed I would get into. Very exciting, though. What yeah. would you have wanted to know before you entered this field? Is there anything that surprised you or that you wished you would have known before? I think so. When I so when you're young and you're deciding what you want to go into, one of the things that I was concerned about was lifestyle. 
So, for example, my father was a general practitioner and he would be on call at two in the morning and be called out, all kinds of emergencies. That is definitely not something that I wanted to do. So when I spoke to people advising me on you know, career choices, that was something which came up. And they all said to me, oh, yeah, the anesthesia is a great choice. You know, it's like seven to five or whatever the case is. Unfortunately, that did not turn out to be the case. So I would say do your research very thoroughly. I liked working in a tertiary care kind of hospital where you do more kind of complex cases. That, unfortunately, does involve taking night call. We have a big like trauma division as well. So it was certainly not a 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. kind of you know, specialty from my standpoint. And as it turned out, much to my disappointment, that there is a lot of call, both on weekends and nights. So there is something to factor in when one chooses one specialty is what's the call like. It's certainly not like dermatology or other specialties where there's really no night or weekend call or very little. Um, depending what part of anesthesia one, you know, one sort of chooses, uh, you may end up you know, having to take a lot of call. Especially in today's current market, there's a big shortage of anesthesia providers and groups are often short-staffed, you know, just like we are now. And you often have to take long stretches of call, sometimes as long as 24 hours, sometimes even longer. And that, that may factor into one's decision whether to choose this as a specialty. And if you do, what subspecialty within anesthesia one wants to get into. So that may be a factor for people for many different reasons, for lifestyle reasons, maybe married with young kids, et cetera. Those are all factors which I would take into consideration. And what to you has been the most rewarding aspect? Because I know when one goes into surgery, just meeting that anesthesiologist mm-hmm. before just provides right. such a high level of comfort. So I always loved, you know, you know, being a physician, I always loved helping people. And certainly with anesthesia, you get you know, that chance both on the like acute level, where you're seeing patients at a very, you know, kind of like critical anxiety provoking time of their life. But also from, the, from my career doing pain management, I like that as well, because it gave me some kind of like follow up. I would see patients in follow up, like do repeat injections on them, spinal injections, things like that. So I had the benefit of both acute care as well as, you know, that kind of chronic follow-up pain management care. So the specialty gave me, you know, that opportunity here as well. So, you know, being a doctor was was something which I always knew that I wanted to be. I always liked the idea of interacting with patients. And I have the option of doing that both on a short-term basis for patients coming for procedures, as well as on an ongoing basis for patients having pain management procedures. Dr. Jack, my routine is to end the podcast with a few rapid fire questions. So what's the best advice you ever received? The best advice I ever received was do what absolutely turns you on. You know, forget about money, forget about hours, call, but choose a specialty or choose a field that you really love and that you will become passionate about. If you do the right choice for the right reasons, you will never be disappointed. You know, medicine is a wonderful field. There's something there, you know, for everybody. But try and get as much exposure in a particular field as possible. I wish I had the resources today, which, I mean, you're back in my day, which, you know, which you have today to find out more about a particular field, because that could be very helpful in, you know, making one's decision, which is really a decision 
very often you know, for a lifetime. It's very hard to switch off. You've gone through residency. You think you may have regrets. There's so much cost involved, time involved. So do as much research as possible before you embark on a particular field. Good advice. And when you talk about exposure, that would be even be shadowing in surgery. Absolutely. Shadow people, speak to people who are in the field, who've been in the field for several years. You can tell you exactly what to expect. Because very often what you read in textbooks or in news articles doesn't necessarily reflect what actually happens in the real world. So yeah. get as much information as possible. And what would you change about your journey, if anything, if you could? Is there something you would have done differently? I think looking back, I'm very happy with my choice. I always had second thoughts. Maybe I should have gone into a primary care field like internal medicine. But that's something which one, unless you actually do it, because every field is going to have its boring aspects. Every field is going to have its routine. And uh, until you actually go through something, one never really knows exactly what to expect. I think for the most part, if you do your research, if you get as much information as possible, you will definitely not be disappointed and you'll have a very fulfilling career. In case this makes you feel better, I'm in the field of pediatrics and there's a lot of night call. So you would <laughs> exactly. not have missed out on night call. Exactly. So you know, every field is going to have its downside, but do what you're passionate about. Forget things like money and other things like that, because that you know, that will take care of it. So if you make the right choice, everything will kind of fall into place. What's something most people would not know about you? Well, that's that's a tough question. Um, I think I'm pretty easy to read. I have a lot of interest outside of anesthesia. I'm passionate about sport. I'm passionate about music. Uh, so... Ideally, if you set up your practice well, that will give you time to do the other things that are important in your life. So choose a field that is not basically taking over your life. It's all about balance. It's you know, having time to do the things you love. What would we most likely find you doing if you had a day off from work? That's easy. That Playing sport. I love, I love tennis. I love squash. Uh, I love being with my family. Those are all important things to me. But certainly, I'm always passionate about you know my sport. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think uh, your medicine is a wonderful field. I think there's something for everybody. Don't be discouraged by people who say I would never do it again, or uh, because I think that's not true. I think you know, like everything, if you do something for the right reason, you will be very fulfilled. It's a very fulfilling specialty. Dr. Jack, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. My pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Med Career Matters. Mm -hmm.